Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hey welcome ladies and gentlemen this is gino geraci so glad you could join me on the program crosswalk with gino geraci it is of course the program where we take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about and of course we talk about we're talking about questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, questions about world views and world religions. And again, if you'd like to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935. Producer Jim is uh, standing by to take your call, 303-873-1935. And uh, I was going to talk about a couple of things, including I was going to revisit um, some of the digital currency things that I talked about earlier this week because it continues to make headlines. Um, and there's more, there's growing stories about what, all, what all of this means. 303-873-1935. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about mask mandates up and down the front range. Um, Denver I, has lifted its mask mandate for schools, uh, Golden and sugary drinks for kids, 10-year-old cold case stuff. So um, where where was my little article that I was looking at? Um, let me see if I can find it. But until I can find it, I literally just went there and just left the article. He, okay, here it is. So Denver area mask mandates Um for Denver Metro have been lifted. City and County of Denver, they didn't extend its indoor de- uh, mask mandate. So it's my understanding that it has been lifted. And Adams County and Arapahoe County, the Tri-County Health Department Board, which covers Adam and Arapahoe counties, uh, voted last week to let their mask mandates expire. So Cherry Creek School District said Tuesday that they're not going to renew their mask mandate when it expires on Friday. So they said starting Monday, masks will be encouraged. They use the term strongly encouraged, but not required for students and staff in the Cherry Creek School District. Adams 12 uh, five-star school said the district would no longer require masks in district schools. Boulder County uh, mask mandate shouldn't surprise us, still in place. The mandate requires masks in public indoor spaces during periods of substantial or high transmission, according to the Boulder County Health uh, status page. And uh, city and county of Broomfield, their mask mask mandates expired seven days ago. Douglas County doesn't have an indoor mask mandate, but the Douglas County School District also isn't requiring mask uh, wearing. Interestingly enough, the Jefferson County Board of Health voted earlier this week 
uh, or late last week to allow the county's mask mandate to expire at 12.01 a.m. on February 18th. So when you wake up in Jefferson County eight days from now, um, apparently the mask mandate will have been lifted. The change, according to the Jefferson County Board of Health, doesn't apply to schools, according to one spokesperson. Larimer County said that their indoor mask mandate will expire um, tomorrow, February 11th. And so I just thought I'd let you know. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Earlier this week, I started talking a little bit about an NPR um, story that was posted and has been picked up by several different um, outlets, including CBN News. I had mentioned earlier that India was planning its a digital currency and China's already halfway there. And what does that mean? And we talked about that. What does this mean on so many different levels, including what would it mean if there was a digital dollar? Would we retain use of another dollar? Um, what would have to happen if the government requires its citizens to have a digital wallet? And then how do you conduct transactions? And so India, uh, last week, the country's finance minister basically announced that India is moving to an online digital economy. So their finance minister basically said introduction of a central bank digital currency is going to give a boost to their digital economy. So again, this is what's interesting to me. Uh, they're, they're proposing to introduce a digital rupee using blockchain technology and other technologies to be issued by the Reserve Bank of India. Listen to this. Starting in 2022 and 2023. Interesting. I'll have more. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Robert in Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I thought I heard you say something about world religions earlier at the opening of the yeah. podcast. But yeah, that well, I did. I talked about that that's one of the things that we talk about, world religions. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, with all the, you know, pagan traditions and paganism that still, you know, plagues humanity, but mainly, uh, you know, the people that are outspoken and uh you know, adamantly pagan, um, have, you know, such a big argument with the Christian demographic when they're, it's pretty much the same, the, the sun worship and all that stuff is all boiled down to what's going on with Helios, you know, they worship Helios at the Vatican and it's all sun worship, it's ancient stuff. But my question is, why do so many Christians hate Rastafari? When he, you know, Haile Selassie, the Christian king of Ethiopia, emperor of Ethiopia, warned the nations about everything going on right now in 1941, um, 
just wondering why so many Christians hate Rastafari and when it's, you know, a Christian faith that refuses to uh, submit to paganism and, you know, uh, decrees well, handed down well, by yeah, handed what, down what, by uh, popes and things. And sure. When, Look, you know, the pagans that don't like the Christians and the Christians that don't, you know, don't agree with the pagans, they're all kind of involved in sun worship. But the Rastafari... The Christians hate Rastafari. Well, I think I think you've you brought up a number of different things. So I guess the way that I would talk about some of the things that you've brought up, number one, I, I think most Christians don't understand what the Rastafari are. They don't understand what Rastafarianism is. The second There's thing no that you word, the, that, the second the second I... thing that you brought up, I would take exception to. You suggested that Rastafarian. Uh, is is a form of Christianity. So we have to ask yeah, a different... It, is. uh, it isn't. The, what we have to do is we have to ask a different question. Is the Rasta well, God, Yah, the is, same right. God as the Christian God? So what I would do is I would ask and answer that... In order to come to grips with it, we have to ask and answer that, that question. And we haven't done that yet. And uh, you just said yes... I just said no. One of us is right and one of us is wrong. So if you don't mind holding, we can talk about that. This is Gino Dresa. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking with Robert, and we were, he was making comments about Rastafaria. And you made the um, the statement, you know, you asked the question, why are so many Christians opposed to Rastafarianism? So well, I, I didn't, I don't use the word Rastafarianism. It's not really a word, but I think we might be mistaking like reggae culture, which has turned into a pagan masquerade in itself. But and actually, you know, actually, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm, I'm talking about Rastafari. So right, he had, the so Rasta God Yah. See, uh, can I clarify? Or sure, you, sure. I mean, try try and want? clarify. Sure. Uh, the emperor of Ethiopia, Haile Selassie, was the 225th reigning emperor, and the titles were given by King Solomon to all of the succession of kings that would follow him. The 225th would be called the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. But reggae culture has turned into a thing that wants to elevate Haile Selassie instead of doing as Haile Selassie has instructed us, and that is to receive Jesus the Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, as the incarnate God of See, the pause, pause, heavens because, and earth. Okay, so pause right there. God, pause right is, there, because you're making a claim. You're claiming that the Rastafari, and I don't disagree with the claim, I just want to make sure the audience understands what you're claiming, that Rastafari, or the Emperor Haile Selassie, is the Messiah, that he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that he is in fact the Messiah. He's the second coming of Christ, true or false? Now that is how many people would interpret that or even recognize How would you interpret that? 
I would recognize that the Lion of Judah has given instructions, instructions to the human race, and we should take heed. And Do he you believe he's the second Jesus. coming of Christ? Um, would that... I, we were talking about what well, he th- see, this us. is a, No, we, we were actually talking... He never told us to worship you, him. No, no, no. He never you need, told us to worship if, him. If you, don't, if said, you don't pause here for a second, I'm going to sure, cut you off. Because... Because you made a statement, and that is that the Rastafarian God, Yah, is the same as the God of the Bible. Now, the Rastafarian God, Yah, even though he uses the term Yah, that God isn't the triune God of the Bible. Obviously, This God doesn't provide eternal salvation, and neither did the man they claim to have been the returned Messiah, Haile Selassie, rule the whole world in perfect peace, like it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. So the religious practices of Rastafari, they draw on some Jewish and Christian origins, but the Yah of Rastafarianism is absolutely, positively most certainly not the God of the Bible. Okay, go. Blessed be his holy name is the God of the Bible. Haile Selassie translates to might of the Trinity is one. Haile Selassie I. So, when the one called the Rastafari has instructed the human race that this is the last generation and that we need to be prepared for the revelation and to receive Jesus the Christ, Yesos Christos, Yeshua HaMashiach in the different languages, that um, all translates to the same salvation, the salvation provided by the Creator. Now, reggae culture will tell you to, they'll tell you all sorts of different things. I'm talking about what Haile Selassie I instructed the human race, and it is exclusively Christian. It is rejects all paganism, and um, adheres to the reality of the Ten Commandments, which are eternal. But my question was, with so many pagans, with the paganism interfering and in, uh, in defiling the faith of the Christians on the planet, or uh, defiling their religious practices, I should say. I can't be the judge of their faith. But why would they have such opposition to, and even hate, Rastafari. Well, the way that I, mean, I would I, answer... I had cops rip my okay. dreadlocks out of my head because right. they hate Rastafari. If, if, okay? if you want, I, am, I am a Christian man, and I just want to know why pagans, they run these churches and steal money. They they are obeyed, but no one obeys the, the Lord's commandments. Uh, you know, you, and, a, you actually really don't want me to answer your question, do you? <laughs> All right. He he doesn't really want me to, to answer the question. Um, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. So in order to have a conversation, you're going to have to have a conversation. So I'm going to give you one more chance. This is your last chance, by the way. Put him back on. Okay. This all is right, good. By the way, this is your last chance. All right. I, all right. So, so I'm, I'm trying to be as patient as I can with you. You're asking all me right. a question. You ask the question, why do Christians hate Rastafari. Now, again, I don't know the answer. Uh, let me be blunt. I don't know the answer to your question because it assumes that what you're saying is true, 
in and of itself. I don't have good evidence that all Christians hate all Rastafari, but I do okay, have. I good... didn't call to ask if you thought Haile Selassie was God. That's not a question. It's well, not even. Well, if you're, not if even you're, a valid question. Well, if your que- question if... is when Haile Selassie warned us of everything going on in a Christian in a seat of a uh, of the throne of a Christian king, why do people choose to obey people like that? Take money from their you know, stealing from people and they, when they're teaching paganism, as opposed to like, maybe like listening to what Rastafari said. Well, and again, I, I guess one of the ways that I might answer your question, I know that it's going to sound incomplete, but the way that I would answer your question is I have every reason to believe that the Rasta religion is it's not a e- religion. It is a faith system. But go ahead. It, it, it's a faith. It, it is a. Ahead. It's a, It's equally false, and it's based on the same lie that the pagans embrace, and that Satan has been telling mankind since the Garden of Eden: "You will be God." So, oh no, our reggae culture will try to change people into all that stuff that which you speak of. But see, Haile Selassie never instructed anyone to do anything like that. It's pretty much polar opposites when we're talking about reggae culture and what's being said in most of these songs. Well, and, 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 you know, again, yeah, and well, when you listen to the words given by the, by the emperor of Ethiopia, his imperial majesty, Haile Selassie, they are a very exclusively Christian warning to the human race. So I'm just wondering why so many choose to blindly obey Hey, uh, people that teach paganism and take money, and that's okay. They got to keep their masquerade going. I'm well, not, and, and again, when, when you you talk about and, and, and Haile no, Selassie said, you know, there's no pun intended, but what you're doing is you're calling the kettle every, black. All the churches. No, so Haile Selassie said all the, the churches are full of individual children of God. He, the 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 hierarchies running these things are in most cases stealing from the 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 flock. So. Well, I, and I this is a whole you're all over the board. Uh, if you but well, my question I'm is, trying I'm you're, you're you're actually uh, let me just pause and ask you a question since you have absolutely no desire to listen to my answer. My question to you is if you were to summarize what Rasta belief is, what would it be? It is the receiving of Yeshua HaMashiach, the the sacrificial lamb, and adherence to the Ten Commandments, which are eternal. Jesus told us to obey. He said if we don't obey the Ten Commandments, we're liars. He says if we say that we obey or follow him and keep not his commandments, we're liars. So how do you explain what Paul said, that no man is saved by keeping the commandments? Well, Paul is not a Messiah. You're mistaking Paul. For so, so wait, wait, wait. Why so, I, so do you think? Something... Do you think Haile Selassie is a more authoritative source of information than Paul the Apostle? I'm asking Haile you Selassie the question. Spoke, See, it's a pretty Haile easy Selassie question. Spoke very, very highly of, of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Haile Selassie spoke great things. About All right, Paul, I gotta go. Paul. I gave you every chance. Bye. <laughs> this is Chino Tracy. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am glad when you call me, and I love having conversations with you, and I even love your questions. But I'm trying. 
please, if you're calling me and asking me a question or you want to have a conversation, happy to do all of those things. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Ernie, welcome to the program. Hello, Gino. Hello, uh, Ernie. It's hard, hard to, uh, uh, hard to uh, follow that. Anyway, uh, I have been attending for the last three weeks a messianic congregation. Uh-huh. Uh, first time I've ever, well, years years ago, I went to one for just a little while. I didn't stay for the whole service and left. And, but I've been going to this. I'm intrigued by their by their worship, by the pastor, his knowledge of the Word, uh, uh, and a lot about it. Uh, however, I don't know if it lines up with what I believe the early church, uh, and I know there, you know, we're to worship God in spirit and truth every day, but corporately, uh, Jesus was risen on a Sunday. Uh, the book of Acts talks about, uh, you know, giving money on the first day of the week, so we've always traditionally worshiped on Sunday. But their worship uh, at this messianic congregation is fascinating. I'm learning a lot. And I don't know if I'm going to continue going there, but anyway, I just wanted your comments about messianic worship. Well, that's a complex kind of a question, and I thought you were going to ask me about um, the divine counsel, but that's okay. You wanted counsel. Um, To me, messianic (laughs) Judaism is... I said wise counsel. Yes, of course you did. Um, Messianic Judaism is a mixed bag, and by that I mean you have, have, I think, um, groups that are orthodox and biblical, and you have groups that aren't necessarily orthodox and biblical. Now, I have no reason to believe— Talking about messianic orthodoxy? Well, again, when we talk about what I call messianic Judaism— in, in other words, uh, when I was a kid, um, the Messianic Jewish movement was relatively new. There's over 350,000 Messianic Jews in the world today, so there's all kinds of Messianic congregations. Mm-hmm. And so many of them are, uh, you know, you talk about what's called Jewish roots. And I'm not opposed to learning about Jewish r- r- roots. Um, my my caveats, if you will, is when um, it, it is it, it's the idea that we're going back to the very first um, drama and and conflict, the, and that is: does a, a Gentile have to become a Jew in order to become a Christian? Now, it's been my experience that most Messianic congregations are not made up of Jews who identify themselves now as Messianic believers. They're they're born, raised, or educated Jews, and then they come to a saving knowledge of Yeshua as the Mm -hmm. Messiah. Now, obviously, in traditional rabbinical Judaism— Jesus was rejected in his own day. He was rejected during the time of the book of Acts, and um, he was rejected throughout Jewish history. So Messianic Jews, de- depending on the congregation, 
might continue to observe the Jewish festivals and feasts as they're described in the scripture. And there's the and Paul makes it clear. So one person esteems one day above another. Some mm-hmm. people esteem all all the the same. Um, let each be convinced in his own mind. Is it wrong to observe the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it becomes problematic if. It goes to the next step, and the next step is that this is the preferred mechanism. In other words, that 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 manifestate, and I'm I'm even willing to concede that certain churches have pagan influences in their church celebrations that are nowhere to be found in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So again, this is a complicated issue, and what I would what I would um, encourage you to do is just be aware that, uh, again, that sometimes certain people can literally cross the line to a kind of a legalism that mm-hmm. I think is not helpful. So yes. is there a problem with learning Jewish roots? No. Do I even have a problem with Messianic Judaism? Not necessarily. I think that each congregation has to be um, evaluated on its own character and characteristics. Yes, the pastor is Gentile, probably 90% of the, I don't know everybody there, there are only maybe 50, 60 people that go there, but the pastor is Gentile, probably most of the congregation is Gentile. That's what I said. love Jesus. Right. Yes. And uh, so, you know... Yeah, I don't uh, have a problem with people loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with people observing, um, you know, understanding, exploring Jewish roots, uh, right. understanding uh, things from a, from, a, from a Jewish perspective. I enjoy yeah, it myself. So, yes, uh, that's what was going to be my follow-up, is that can't we learn in a in a, a church that isn't messianic, uh, that maybe we kind of fall short in learning more about our Jewish roots. And, you know, what I mean by that? Because uh, uh, it's rich. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there with the feasts and festivals and so forth that, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the church might be missing out on to some degree. Well, the way that I would answer that um, is that the purpose of the church is not found in, in, in Jewish culture or in Messianic Judaism. Matter of fact, Jesus obviously is the first person to uh, talk about the church, and mm-hmm. the church, of course, is his creation. And then in order to understand uh, the purpose of the church, then you go not to Jew, to, to Old Testament Jewish uh, scriptures, but rather to the Book of Acts, where mm-hmm. it literally outlines what is what's appropriate for the purpose of the church. Mm-hmm. So when you ask mm-hmm. and you answer that question, you know, is the purpose of the church to learn about? Messianic Judaism, or even in our, our our Jewish roots. Well, again, remember the the apostles' teaching is taking place in part from the Old Testament scriptures. When Acts yeah. two forty two comes up, there aren't uh, 
New Testament documents. But it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching Mm -hmm. and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So when it's talking about the apostles' teaching, the apostles' teaching is, number one, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as it was taught to them by Jesus. But I, I would be willing to concede that it is the apostles' teaching about the identity of Jesus based on, in part, the Jewish scriptures. Mm-hmm. So, again, the, the, the purposes of the church, teaching biblical doctrine, does that include the Old Testament? Of course it does. Uh, a place of fellowship for the believers, observing the Lord's prayer, your supper, and praying. So that's it in a nutshell. I'll see. Okay. Well, thank you much. All right. Thank you for your call. All right. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Yeah, we, um, when we think about the whole idea of the church, the church begins, I know different people have different views. My own view is that the church begins on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover, when Jesus died and rose again. And so that word church combines two Greek words that means those who are called out from the world for God. And that's the origin of that word. 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Marcella, welcome to the program. Hi, good afternoon or good evening, Gino. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. No, I just wanted to, you know, just express, um, you know, uh, what's on my heart when it pertains to, you know, the church and the body of Christ. And I was listening um, to, you know, a couple of the calls, you know, coming in and, um, just wanted to express, you know, if we, you know, Jesus Christ said that he came to build his church and we are the church, we are the body of Christ, um, each individually, whatever the plan and purpose that God has for us. So, you know, it's important that we spend time, of course, reading the scriptures and putting it into practice, um, a lot of people get caught up on denominations, and I just wanted to make a comment. He doesn't have, de- uh, you know, denominations. He has sons and daughters and boys and girls. And, um, you know, I love the history of the Old Testament, and I just, you know, just wanted to call in and make a comment about that. Um, yeah, there, and there's obviously no, nothing wrong with learning the Old Testament, and you're exactly right. The church is the body of Christ. And it's a metaphor. In other words, it's a metaphor for all of those who are truly saved. And so the Bible obviously says it's one body in Christ. It talks about, you know, the repeated use of that phrase, one body. Um, And when Jesus enters the world, he he has a physical body that's prepared for him. And so the the church obviously is the body of Christ because of Ephesians 4.15, we're joined together in Christ in salvation. We are members one of another. Um, and then the church organism, 
then manifests itself in the world today as the members clearly are joined to one another. But then it says that the body of Christ are given a diversity of gifts suited to their particular functions. The body is a unit, and then it's made up of the parts, and then the parts function in the Holy Spirit prescribed gifts that are assigned to them. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, and it's so important that, you know, individually, you know, that we learn his word, that we sit and we meditate. And um, I love the book of Acts, you know, and it, it's true, you know, it's gathering together, you know, to, for worship and, and praise and, and learning and um, sharpening each other and encouraging each other and helping one another grow in their gifts. So the whole different, you know, denomination, you know, I'm I'm Catholic, well, I'm Baptist, I'm this, and I'm like, no, I'm a child of God. <laughs> well, what I'm a I would, follower of Jesus Christ, sure. you know? And what I would say, in part, is that when the Bible says in the book of Acts um, about what they did together, um, is it possible that it's more than that? It, it is, but it can't be less than that. It can't be less than that. And so I don't think that we can rightly call a church a church if it fails to function as a church. And so clearly that's, that's part of the, the what I was bringing out is the functional point. Part of the functional point is providing a place of teaching and fellowship and participation in what what the Bible calls the ordinances of the church, and then being grounded in the faith. And of course, the church is to be a place of fellowship where they're devoted to one another, they honor one another, instruct one another, they're kind and compassionate, all of the one anotherings. And there's some 59 of them. <laughs> there's some 59 of them, even though the love love one anothering is i think repeated four or five or six times out of that and again part of what it means is the breaking of bread which is interesting to me because it becomes a type and a picture of of fellowship and then another commission to the church is to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and um and what you pointed out in James one twenty seven, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted in the world. In other words, apparently whatever it whatever religion is, and by religion here, it, it, it doesn't mean religion in the sense of the popular cultural representation. It's talking about, I'm going to use the term, the organic unity of coming together whereby compassion is expressed in good things that you do for one another. So Correct. Paul, so Paul uses that illustration in 1 Corinthians 12. The church is God's hand and mouth and feet in the world. So you're exactly right. Believers are the body of Christ. And what's interesting is as the body of Christ, I, I know it sounds cliche, but we become his hands, his feet, his mouth. And so we're doing the things that Jesus would do in part if he were here. So 
you know, do we have to die for the sins of the world? No, that was a unique and specific task that Jesus had. So again, yeah, it's, it's that it, it, it's, it's that and more. <laughs> yeah, and we also have to be bearing fruit. And apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't. We need to, you know, growing in in bearing fruit and uh, fruit of the Spirit is. And first is love and, you know, the joy and the peace. And it's just, it's a relationship with Jesus. Exactly. Relationship with one another is what it is. It's not do's and don'ts and, you know, rules and, and regulations. It's, it's a intimate Right, but again, I'm I'm not yeah. a, I'm not opposed to having organization. In other words, organization, in my view, is better than disorganization. And just like you have rules in your house, you know, at, at our house, my wife won't let me bring dirt from the garden and pour it on the carpet. She says that's forbidden. So we have rules at our house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it's okay to have rules when when you gather together, you know, like not hurting each other and not spitting in each other's face or you know, you you talk about the kinds of things. There there really is oh it it it's okay. That see yeah, I'm trying to address the issue of the pe- people who say, you know, I'm I am I am opposed to organized religion. And and I'm not opposed to organized friendship and fellowship in order to conduct the business of the church. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to call in and you know and mention that because I know there's a lot of back and forth with um you know the word like you said religion. Um, right. It means different. Me it's about it, a relationship. Yeah, it, re- a relationship. It, it, reme- it means different things to different people. And I think you're exactly right. It's more about a relationship. I, I, I heard an unbeliever today who basically made the accusation that in his view, religion is organized in order to oppress people who don't agree with you. Oh, wow. It is an oh wow because again it betrays something. It betrays an idea or a belief. Now I, I think there's a lot of thing, ways we could think about his, what he said that that somehow we've left him with that impression. But at some point, I think w- we need to push back a little bit and say, no, that's that's not who we are, that's, and that's not what we do. Well, you know, in 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 my walk with the Lord, you know. Um, and I thank him, you know, for saving me and opening up my eyes, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. But I was brought up in legalism, and um, um, I thank God that I got to truly, genuinely know who he is, what he has done for me, uh, being brought up in, unfortunately, Catholicism. I, I just, it, it, it was terrible. And well, I Grace. He set me free. He set, yeah. He set me free. I, Grace is way better than than legalism. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, hands down. Well, thank you so much, Gino. You have a wonderful evening, and hey, God bless you. Thank you. you. Thank you.